I don't have to tell you that our world has been turned upside down, mixed up and flipped over again. When I think about um, COVID-19 and the fear and the anxiety it brought of, you know, maybe possibly getting sick or our loved ones getting sick and dying and um, just the stress of everyday living was so overwhelming. Plus the idea of, you know, later on as we experienced the financial crisis and um, businesses, you know, just really suffering because, um, you know, they're, they're not open and don't have income. And, and then the loss of employment, like it, that's just, I mean, I can't imagine what it must be like for, for people who have lost their jobs or who have been furloughed and, and how stressful that must be. And then in recent weeks, um, and even like the last couple months too, right, with the tragic death of Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and George Floyd and, and just the heartbreak that we experienced and their deaths and the casualness of um the police officers and and you know not pressing charges and and just the anger and frustration and of, of racial um prejudice is just it's that's overwhelming and so i think just the combination of everything um it really it's it's hard and I don't want to minimize that and I want to like validate that that even one of those on their own would have been hard but the combination of all three is really hard whatever you know our brain senses that danger senses that there might be a threat to us right and that we will go into fight flight um, freeze or fold mode because that's the way that God created us and that's normal and um, so some of us might want to um, you know fight it and just be like we're gonna we're gonna beat this we're going to do whatever we can to get rid of the fear because we don't want to feel it and then flights like you know we want to avoid it we want to suppress those feelings and be like no we're okay and we might bury ourselves in work or watch netflix but it's it's that of, i'm not going to think about it i'm not going to feel it and it's we're just going to avoid um what we're experiencing right now and then the freeze is like you, I, I do this a lot. I just literally freeze. Like I just, it's hard for me to do anything. Everything seems slow and a chore, and it's like um, I can't think. It's like if you looked at my brain, you'd see that circle where it's buffering and buffering, buffering, <laughs> and I'm trying to process and I'm trying to get on with my day, but I just keep buffering, and and it's really hard to do anything. And then there's fold, which is where you just give in, you give up your autonomy, and you just kind of give up on life in a sense of I don't I'm not gonna make any choices and I give up my voice and I'm I'm just kinda gonna go along with it. And so when we live in that kind of fear, when we live in that that um that fight flight freezer fold mode, it's really hard on us because we're just we're not dealing with the actual fear, right? And um we will that living in that um Living in that way, uh, it just really it it takes a toll on our bodies. It takes a toll on the on our minds and our emotions and even on our spiritual life. Jesus is inviting us to calm our fears. He wants to be with us because he doesn't want us to live like this. He loves us and wants what's best for us, and he knows that that's unhealthy for us. And he wants us to be present with him. He's inviting us to be present with him, to experience his peace and his love and his comfort, 
that he wants to hold us and and tell us that everything is going to be okay because not because our circumstances are changing but because he is with us and so that allows us to whatever call to action we choose to do that's going to allow our action to be from a place of love not from a place of calming our fears and making us feel better but it's a place where we can give to others and think about them and what's best for them and that's the loving thing to do so the psalms were written by a group of people who are marginalized, vulnerable, and oppressed. And they are crying out to God for justice. They're crying out and, and hoping to, you know, change the dominant culture, the, the, the people who are oppressing, the people of power to change their ways, to change the system so that we could have justice in our world. And so let's read Psalm 23 in that context. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters, and He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For You are with me. Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I love what David says, that he calls the Lord his shepherd because he knows what a shepherd is. He know, he's been a shepherd. And so he, you know, he lacks nothing. And, and in these first three verses, it's, it's about this kind of ideal world of what um, life should be, right? That it should be peaceful, that he should be able to lie down in these green pastures, that there's, it's a relaxation, that it, these are good times. But then David, he doesn't, and I, all the Psalms, right? They don't just live in that ideal world, that they move into, they lean into the reality of life, that in life there are dark valleys, that there are pandemics, that there is racial divide, that there is hatred and a lack of understanding for one another and sickness and financial crisis and um, death and loss of business. And I mean, I don't have to keep going on. You guys know what I'm talking about, that, that there are things in life that, that, um, that push us to the edge and we feel like we're going to fall over and be swallowed up by darkness that our world is overwhelming and i love that he, he leans into that and he acknowledges that and then he says but the shepherd knows what's right and he knows that he can trust him and that he has what's his best in mind for him and that you know um what comforts him like he doesn't fear evil he doesn't fear the enemy because he knows that his rod and his staff, it brings comfort to him because the rod and the staff, that's what the shepherd uses to protect him from the enemies. That when the lions and the bears and the rattlesnakes wanna come and kill them and destroy them, that he protects them with the rod and the staff. And so that's why he comforts him. That he knows that when the enemy comes, the shepherd doesn't leave and take off and leave the sheep you know, vulnerable. That the shepherd stands with them and is for them and fights for them. And, um, and I think that, that that's something for us to remember, that in the midst of this, of this pandemic and, and all of the crises, that we can lean into our fear because we're not alone, that we don't have to handle this alone. 
and that it's hard and it's easier to avoid and we're going to naturally want to freeze or just give in and just give up. But our Lord is with us and that we have this, not a false hope, but because of who God is, we have a hope of, of verses five and six, right? That you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I don't know why I never saw this before, but in the midst of the storm, in the midst of your, in the presence of your enemies, in the presence of the, of the things that want to destroy and attack, in the presence of the evil that's happening in this world, that we, you know, our Lord prepares a table for us. And a table, as we know, is about um, relationship. It's about belonging and acceptance. And he says, I prepare a table for you. And let's, you know, when we have tables and people over and our friends over and we're eating, there's joy, there's relaxation, there's rest. There's just this sense of um connection that we and 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 you know the overabundance that you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows there's a sense of abundance this a sense of more and abundance that that are that god has and, and desires for us and then he says surely my good surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever and I think that he's inviting us to to experience his love and his goodness, that, that, and, and that he's faithful and we can trust him, that he's with us and wants to fight evil along with us, that it's not just our battle, but it's his. And he wants to, to he, he's inviting us to join with him and he will guide us and help us and give us the strength and the grace and, and, and whatever we need to to not just get through this, but we have this hope of, of thriving through it, of having this abundance and um, this love and this goodness, just an abundance of that. But he's inviting us to step into the darkness, not to suppress it, not to try and avoid it, and not to squash it, but to lean into him, to step into him for the goodness and the love that he has for us, that it's scary or overwhelmed. But he's, he's, he hasn't left us. He hasn't abandoned us. He is fighting with us. And he's fighting for us. And he has his best in mind. And whatever happens, that he will be with us and will help us through it. And that as much as we want justice, as much as we want peace, as much as we want good health or businesses to thrive, he wants that too. He is on our side. He's for us. And he, he hasn't left us or abandoned us. So as we kind of, as we go through this next week, we're going to talk about this more um, next week. But for this week, I want to encourage you to spend 15 minutes to just sit down and, in a sense, think and reflect on Psalm 23. And the first thing I want you to do is write down, the Lord is my, and then fill in the blank. For David, the Lord was his shepherd. What is, what is the Lord for you? And the second thing is to write down the things that you are going through. Um, just list them all out. And I know that takes a lot of courage and it's hard enough to do when times are good. But during, you know, it's so important for us to get, to, to, um, to acknowledge um, the dark valleys in our lives. And so what are your dark valleys? What do you want to um, complain about or share with? Um, you know, it could be, I wish we didn't have to go this. I wish I could go outside. I wish 
um, we, we had justice in this world. I wish that, um, you know, my friend wasn't sick. I wish um, my business wasn't, you know, isn't, isn't going to close. Whatever it may be, write down what you wish. And then write down what you wish God would do. I wish he would heal my friend. I wish he would um, bring justice to this world. I wish, and then ask him what you want him to do. And may we, in that process of, of addressing our, our Lord, who loves us, who we can trust and who is faithful, and, and writing down our wishes, may we experience just that new hope that we have that's not false, that's not made up, that's not something we're just trying to talk ourselves into, but it's a real hope. And the one who gives us hope because he is love. He is good. He knows what it's like to suffer. He's experienced it himself. Who is with us, who promises to never leave us or abandon us, who fights for us. Who this breaks what's going on in our world breaks his heart even more so than it breaks ours. And may that understanding and faith and trust in God, may our dwelling with God give us the hope that we so desperately want and need so that we can do things from a place of love and not from a place of fear so that our call to action our service will be more of his love going out into the world as opposed to us um, squashing our fear and I think that is how we're going to experience heaven together